Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for another episode of the I Just Blank Now What podcast. So grateful to have you here with me on the show each and every week to hear these amazingly inspiring stories from people just pouring their heart open and sharing their life experience with all of us to learn amazing lessons from. Today's guest is no different. The beautiful Maribel Ortega is joining me on the show to share her story of, I just had to let her go, now what? In the past, we've had a couple of guests come on and talk about divorce and separation. You know, my wonderful guest, Nikki, last season talked about choosing her mom in her parents' divorce. This story is not quite the opposite, but Maribel shares the story of her daughter asking her to go and live with her father. And this is something that Maribel struggled with, definitely. So she's going to be opening up and talking about how she figured out to move on with a relationship with her daughter after she wanted to go and live with her dad. So here's a little bit about Maribel. She is a coach and consultant dedicated to the career and leadership of development of women. She helps women go from managers to leaders without the overwhelm. She's an expert on advancing women and engaging men. She supports women becoming better, more resilient leaders. She's also the co-host of The Audaciousness, a podcast featuring the journey of audacious leaders and risk takers. So without further ado, let's get to the now what? Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just, blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friend, did you just think to yourself, I just love this podcast, now what? Well, I hope you do, and if you did, I got the answer. Become a patron and support the show. For just a $5 financial gift a month, you can access episodes early and without ads. Plus, you'll be entered to win our monthly Patreon giveaway, like books and courses from our guests and some fun merch. For just a $10 a month contribution, you'll become an all-access patron and also get bonus exclusive content from me and some of our guests. Behind the scenes, Q&A, bonus questions, all of it. So head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what or click on the link in the show notes and become a patron today. Well, hello, Mary Bell. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for having me here on your show. I'm so excited to have you on the show too, all the way from Europe. Where are you joining us from? <laughs> I'm in Munich, Munich. in Germany. 
Germany. So I love that our show is going international and across the pond. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it's pretty late in the evening for you, but it's going to be a great conversation. I'm really excited to have this chat. So before we get into your episode and talk about your story, can you introduce yourself to the audience and let us let them know a little bit about you? Obviously, I just read your wonderful bio to them, but I always like to have guests share a little bit about themselves in their own words. So what do you want the people to know about you? Thank you. Yes, my name is Maribel Ortega. I come originally from the Dominican Republic. I've been living in Germany for 20 years now, and I am a female leadership expert. I help women go from manager to leader without the overwhelm in just 90 days. I am a supporter of women's leadership, and I support also men to empower women. And finally, I am also a podcast host of the podcast Audaciousness that I do with a colleague of mine, where we showcase risk takers and emboldened leaders. Oh, that sounds like a fun show. I'm going to need to get an an invitation to be a guest on that show because I think (laughs) I love talking about risk taking and being bold and just stepping out into the light and all that cool stuff. Excellent. And I love what you said that you also work with men to help them help the women in their lives. Yes, men who usually, at least in Europe, have a privileged position, mm-hmm. I support them in becoming allies so that they can give women space and support them in the workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone, if women are being interrupted or bullied or whatever microaggression that might be happening so that they know what to say in, in different situations. Yeah, that's great. I think that's definitely a needed opportunity for men in the working space and in corporate, especially in leadership roles, is they need more training on how to be a better ally to women that they're working with in their spaces. So I think that's awesome. All right. So we're going to jump right into your story. And I remember when we first had our original conversation and you were telling me a little bit about you. This was the thing that was like, when you were talking about it, I'm like, ooh, this is a story that I think really needs to be shared. So you're going to be talking about the time in which you had to let your daughter go. Earlier last season, we had another guest come on and talk about divorce and how her parents' divorce impacted her as the child and the family and how she did, she chose a side, she chose her mom's side. So I'm really excited to hear your story now from the parents' perspective of what Mm. that's like to A, go through a divorce and B, have your child tell you that they want to go live with their other parent. So rewind the tape for us, take us back, give us a little bit of a backstory as to what was going on, but then yeah, tell us what that was like for your daughter to want to go. Yeah. I got married very young. I got married when I was 23. And because I married the man from Germany and he was being sent to Chile for work, when we got married, then it was like for me adventure because it meant I'm going out of the Caribbean, which is a place that is nice. But if you don't have any money, you're stuck. Basically, (laughs) you're stuck there because getting out of an island, you need a plane and it is incredibly pricey. If you are not of the, let's say, rich 
part of the population. So for me, it was a, an, a, I was very much uh, enthusiastic about living outside of the Dominican Republic. I have been before in the U.S. and briefly in Europe, but not for longer periods. And with that, then that took us to Chile and then to Zurich and finally to uh, Erlangen, so a, a city in Germany. And that's where I lived for a longer while during this marriage that was, unfortunately, since the beginning, didn't function very well. Now, it's more than 20 years ago. Now I'm 45, so it's 22 years ago that, that I got married for the first time. And with the benefit of hindsight, I can see a lot of the things that were happening there more clearly than when I was going through them. I wouldn't change anything. Because the Maribel who made decisions then, it was a younger version of me with a lot less experience and with a lot of naivety that was who I was at that moment. So one thing that I don't do anymore is go back and say, oh, if I would have done that or if I, no, that's how it was. And whatever happens in your life at any moment, that is precisely what needs to happen. And even if when you're going through that moment, like when I decided to get divorced from my first husband, during that time is seriously not nice. But always these situations, these challenges that life puts you, it's because you need to learn something from them. And for me, that was a huge learning curve that I had to go through to become, seriously, to become an adult woman. I was already 31, but uh, I went from the strict life with my mother. I grew up with my mother and my brother. My parents got divorced when I was seven. And so I didn't have this opportunity of living the life, you know, the kind of life that students that when you go to university have that, that you have this freedom that, that you can try things and you make mistakes and you learn from them. I didn't have that. I went from this secured life to then being married and then suddenly, oh, I, I'm a mother. When I was 25, I, my, my daughter was born. And I just continued the relationship I had with my mother, I more or less continued that with my first husband. And I'm not saying it's also my fault. Everything that happens in a relationship is a result of how both people behave. And I'm the one who wanted this like parental figure in my partner. Well, darling, I've been after that to therapy. I have had coaches. I have learned so much and I have analyzed that's why I can see all the things that I had to learn to become the person that I am now so going back to chronologically the story when I was 29 I was already seeing this is not good that that relationship was the last five years it wasn't good anymore any already and when I turned 30 that was like for me those major like changes in age they're good and but at the same time they push me to pass to review is everything okay in my life 
is this how I want to continue living? And for me, that the answer was definitely no. I cannot imagine myself in 30 years being in this situation. So I decided that after a lot of consideration and talking to friends, I decided I needed to get out of that uh, relationship. And at that moment, I was so, my God, I was such, such a girl with 31 that I didn't go at it and say, listen, this is the problem. Let's talk about this and let's find a solution, how we can start this separation. No, I didn't do any of that, which is what now Maribel with 45 now would do to talk openly about it. He had been away for a month on a trip. And when he came back that night, it was late October, so fall here in in Germany it had started it was already chilly and after one month he comes back from his business trip and I had already everything all my stuff I had moved it to a friend of mine's mine and my daughter's I was nervous I was really nervous he comes into the door through the door and I say hi we need to talk can you please have a seat and then I sent my daughter to her room and I sat him down and say listen, this is not working for me. I need to leave for a while and and I want to separate, but let's just start. I, I need to leave for a while. I have my stuff at my friends and I'm taking our daughter. And he was just shocked. When I was planning this, I thought, I'm going to stay the night and talk a little bit about him. But when after those words left my mouth, Jessica, I thought, I need to get out of here. I go up, get my daughter, we're leaving, say goodbye to daddy, give him a kiss. And I take my daughter, that little hand, she was six at that time. And we walk to the bus station and walk very quickly. And when we arrive at the bus station, it's seven o'clock in the evening. It's already dark. It's chilly or, you know, it's starting to get cold. And I took a deep breath. And I think, my goodness, I can breathe. I'm out of there. That was such a relief. I get in that bus and go to my friends. Wow, that felt like a huge step into my freedom, my, my personal and psychological freedom. And it was the right thing to do. Even though I say that today I would do it differently because this is something that I decided on my own. It was not a conversation. And definitely that is a better way of, of approaching a situation like that. That's what I could do at the moment. And you have to be compassionate with yourself, with who you were 10 or 15 years ago. So I can be that now. Yeah, that's how, how I left my husband. Obviously, that continued for a longer while, but I never went back. I had 700 euros in my bank account. I didn't really have a proper job. I was teaching a couple of hours at the university. I was teaching Spanish and I just did what felt what felt right. I had to do it. There was no other way. And I didn't care that I didn't have any money or that I didn't know I was going to buy food the next month. I spent three months sleeping at my friend's house until I got my own apartment. I was for those three months, I was sleeping on a sofa, but that was okay. 
That was great. I, I learned a lot through that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now it's, I guess, time to kind of formalize this divorce that you initiated now that you'd been mm-hmm. separated for a while. And is that when, you know, you and your daughter were having the conversation? So tell us, kind of get us to the point where you were deciding custody and she made a decision that she wanted to go be with her dad. That was a little bit later. So she, she was living with me. I met and my new partner, who's mm-hmm. my husband now. And after meeting him, I decided that I'm going to move to Munich, where he lived already. And a couple of years, like two years later, I we have our son, who is 13 now. And my daughter is now almost 21. And my daughter comes with me. And we lived together like about four years. So I got divorced when my daughter was six. And by the time she was finishing grammar school, when she was nine, and we were living together here in Munich, she says to me one day, I think she was, it was end of third grade. Mommy, I've been thinking, I think I want to go live with dad. And the first time she says that, I'm like, what are you talking about? No, you live with me. And then I ignored it. She didn't say anything. Life continued. A couple of months later, this is at the beginning of her fourth grade. She says, mommy, you know, I miss my dad a lot. I wish I could live with him. And I say, hey, what are you talking about? No, you live with us. We we are your family here. I was still not listening. It was the second time that she was telling me and I didn't want to listen because I didn't want to envision that possibility. So it's, I think, two or three months later here in Germany, when kids go to fifth grade, they change school. So it's like high school starts in fifth grade. So that is if you're going to make a change of city or whatever, it's a good moment because your kid is changing school anyway and getting new friends and whatever. And then obviously I think she was talking when she visited her father, he was talking to her. Oh no, it would be nice if you come and visit. So he was supporting that. And when she says it the third time, and it was like one or two months before this decision had to be made in which school she goes, She says it to me again. And that's when I say, Maribel, stop. This is real. You cannot not hear it again. And that's when I ask her, what are you talking about? You really don't want to live here? And well, this is a little bit heartbreaking because she says, well, I like to be here. But I also miss my dad. So so how do I choose? I mean, and he's all alone. So I, I want to go. I miss living with him. And I I I think I, I freaked out. I was like, oh my goodness, this is really serious. Then I spoke with her father, and he's yes, I support it. I would love for her to come. And he lives in a city that is like two, two hours away from where I live. So that means I can't see her like. If I, if I want it's to not like a joint do- custody where you could be like a weekend here and then a week there and a week back, like that's not an option. In the end, she moved to his place when she was 10. We went to, because I was like, really, this was for me the biggest, this was a bigger decision than getting divorced, really. Now, after 10 years, it's okay. But 
Yeah, that that was also because, you know, we have this, at least in the Western world, we have the expectation of what a mother is, what a woman and what a mother is. And the expectation is if you get divorced also, the kids stay with the mother. It doesn't mean, I mean, fathers are completely capable of taking care of their kids. Mm-hmm. But what I had to fight with was my own expectation of what kind of mother I am and what is the expectation of society, of my family or my extended family, what her brother w- would think and feel about that, you know, because when you live alone and you move, then whatever, it's just your own thing. But if you're part of a family, someone moves out of that family, then it affects everyone who lives with you. So certainly it had a big effect. Before I made the decision, I said, we need to go to a psychologist. We need to talk about this. And her father even came to Munich and we went and talked about it. And in the end, what 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 helped me make the decision to say, okay, go ahead. This is what you need to do. And I won't stand in your way. Was the idea of thinking, this is a young girl and she's she's going to be a teenager soon. Do I want to have this angry teenager with me and live with me, me being the parent who frustrated her desire to spend time with her father and so I challenged my own ideas of what motherhood is supposed to be Mm -hmm. and what kind of mother I am supposed to be I am the mother I am supposed to be the mother that's for me who enables growth for her children yeah so it was really hard but I said yeah okay then sure let's do this then you can go and live with your dad and she lived with her father from age 10 until age 18. When she was 18 then she came back to Munich and lived with us for one year so she did like all her high school years living with her father There were moments during those years that she said, oh, I think I want to come back like four years after she had left. So I think two times she said, oh, I I want to come back. And then I, I spoke with her. But when you are in that age where you live and your friends are more important than your, than your parents. So she had all her friendships there. When she was 16, I thought that doesn't make sense. I was the one who said that doesn't make sense that you come now. You should finish school where you are. And when you're done, then come over. That's You're welcome to come. And I remember my daughter saying during that time, she came almost every other weekend. So she has traveled a lot with the train. <laughs> Well-traveled um, girl, yes. Yes, yes. The first couple of years, there, there, were, there are travel companions organized by the German railway. But I think since she was 12, she traveled on her own. So that, that was something that gave her from a young age independence or learned to be 
independent and nowadays she's a young assertive woman i admire her very much right now she she lives in austria and is going to university there i asked her once when she was like older maybe i think she was maybe 18 or 19 i asked her how was it for you this back and forth and traveling here and coming back there because i remember whenever she came on the friday afternoon so she would go to school on friday and after school then she would take the train and come here so we would spend supper have supper together and always the first hours i could see that she had a hard time because she had to like reorganize all her thoughts and like arrive mentally you know to this other place and then on saturday the morning it was still a little bit you're just not used to to having each other yeah. all week and then by sunday morning everything was great it felt like normal and then in the afternoon she had to leave <laughs> That's so normal for transitioning between two places and two groups of it takes a little while to like get climatized again yeah. in, this, in this quote unquote new, not new, but you know, new from the last 13 days. And then just as you're kind of getting comfortable and figuring out it's time to go again. Exactly. That's how it was for her. And she told me once I asked her how she felt about this going here and there. And she said, It doesn't matter where I am, always someone misses me. And that, it, it was kind of like an expression to explain that the situation that she grew up in, she could not make everyone happy. She had to choose because we lived in, in, in different cities. That made me sad at the moment. Because, well, what a predicament. I was the one who made changes in my life and she had to cope with the results of those changes. But that's life. That's how it was. Wow. So I want to ask you, once you just made that decision to let her go and live with her father, how did that feel for you? Was it a relief? Was it, I know you, there was a lot of mindset changing and shifting that you had to like work on for yourself to get to that point. But once you made the decision and said, okay, yes, I'm not going to stop you. If that's where you want to be, you can go. What did that feel like for you? Making the decision, having made the decision, because I was going back and forth and what should I do for, ooh, let's say six, eight weeks Yeah. And during that time, that's stressful. Uh, it, it's stressful. <laughs> Let's just call it. It's stressful. the least, <laughs> the least thing. It, yes, at least stressful. It's just nerve wracking. But once the decision was made, then it was clear what was going to happen. And then I felt a little bit of relief. And I was trying during that time because she had to finish that, that school year here. It was a little bit strange having her here and knowing she's not going to be here soon. How is that going to feel? Trying like to think, how am I going to deal with that? And that really doesn't help. I think it's better now, also with more life experience, uh, trying to imagine how it's going to be. Uh, don't waste your time doing that. Just be in the moment and, and enjoy, enjoy the, the moment. She's still here. Let's do whatever we can when she's here and when she's not 
I, I will do s- something different. In August, at the end of that school summer vacation or, or summer break, we packed all her things and I drove her to, to the city where her father lives. I think that was the hardest day of my life because <laughs> I brought her there. We put all her stuff in his car and then suddenly the car was empty. And I cried the whole drive back. The two and a half hours, I was just crying and crying. And the next six months, I would go to work. I had a long drive, a long commute to work, driving like 45 minutes, at at least for Munich, that's a a long commute. And I I think not every day, but many days, I would just cry just like that while I was alone. And it's good to do that because... We're so afraid of of having emotions that are uncomfortable. I'm not going to call them negative, like anger or fear or being sad. They are just emotions. They're not fun. (laughs) Excitement is a better emotion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least for me. But these emotions, they have a purpose. And if we try to resist to them, they just stay longer. So during that time, I had to cry and I cried. And I would say, if I think a year, even a year later, somebody asked me, we were in an elevator. It was already a year that she was not here anymore. Somebody asked me, oh, so you have two kids and where is your daughter or is she coming or something? And I had to, for whatever reason, I had to explain, no, my daughter lives with her father. And even a year later, I could not talk about it without getting emotional. I remember saying she lives with her father. And then you could hear like my voice cracking yeah. and, and, and my eyes Fighting like getting moist. And she said, oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm so sorry. The, the lady that asked me the question, I mean, you can't know. And I think I was like really okay with it. It took me at least two years to to accept and not be sad about it anymore, but see every situation, even if while you're going through it seems negative, it brings a gift. There's something that you can learn from it. And that made me very strong. I I let her go. And at the beginning, you know, when you have kids, you know, almost all the time what they're doing. If you give them to somebody else to take care of them, at least for two hours, they're with this person. But you have the control. And at the beginning, the first year, I would be worried, is she in bed? Did she have dinner? Is everything okay? Is she eating okay? Is she sleeping enough? Is she doing her homework? All the things. Yes, exactly. And in the two days that you see your child, if she comes Friday afternoon and goes again Sunday afternoon, that's just two days. And you don't get a lot of information from that. So I had to relinquish after a year, I realized I need to let this go because this is going to make me go crazy. She's not here. And when she's not here, father is a reliable person. Even if it didn't work for me, our marriage, he's a good man. And I know he loves her. Even if he does things, I would not do them like that, but it's out of my control. And this is what she wanted to experience. So this is what she gets. I need to let that go. And I cannot worry all the time what's happening with her. 
and after a while i was able to be in that mindset and then it was okay and then i was able to enjoy our vacations together the weekends that that she was here and that was because this letting go was twice <laughs> that was the first letting go and what was the second when she finished high school she came to live with us when she was 18 and she lived with us for one year and for me that was amazing having this big super nice girl uh, with me it was really nice and at the same time the thing is that I I let go a little girl and who came back was a young woman yeah. with a lot of opinions of how things were done who wanted to sleep till 10 in the morning or 11 or 12 and I'm like what you sleep till noon <laughs> or one when do you go to bed how can that be it, it was interesting and it was nice and after a year she she decided to we live outside of Munich so like in the suburbs and when you're 18 that's not that cool that's not cool no <laughs> you want to live in the city center so after a year she she moved out and found a, a roommate and that was the second time that that I had to like actively let go. This time though, at an age of your of my child that is normal, let's say, or more expected in countries where kids move out. Because where I come from in Latin America, usually you stay home, you stay, for, you stay home. For, yeah. for longer, <laughs> for more years. But in Europe, that's completely normal. In Canada, in the US, that's usually what people do, right? And in that situation, I found very nice because she wasn't living so far away that I would go to her place and meet her for coffee and she would make coffee. And that was nice. The first time, like just a week after she moved out, she she had problems with the sink. The water was not flowing down and I had finished my coffee and I went to the sink and thought, hmm, and said, that's a problem that you have here. You need to solve that. Yes, it's not working. What are we going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm leaving now. <laughs> and I said goodbye. Uh-huh. That's not my problem. You need to solve that. So that's really good at that age or something yeah. that uh, told me, mommy, there's you you go to the supermarket i buy bread and milk and whatever and two days later there's nothing you have constantly to go to the supermarket and i'm like yeah exactly how i experienced it that's completely (laughs) normal so i was just having enjoying to see her realize things that even because she lived with us when she was 18 she was big enough to see the work but when it's not your house yeah, it's, it's totally not your responsibility. Yeah. You do whatever your parents tell you mm-hmm. to do, but it, you don't own the responsibility. Yeah. And this time, the difficulty for me was that she was living alone because with her father, I knew an adult is there. And what I had to learn was I'm not responsible. He's responsible. But this time she's the adult. <laughs> she doesn't have anyone taking care of her. 
So I was having these fantasies, these horrible fantasies of what were the all the horrible things that could happen to her that that she would be drunk or she go she would go to a party and come back home like at five in the morning and someone would rape her or kill her or, or something like really horrible. And that was not serving me. And that's when I decided I, I started watching some beautiful videos of uh, Maya Angelou and reading other things. And thinking, this is what Maya Angelou's mother told her when she said with 17 that she was leaving the house. And her mother told Maya, you're an adult now. I've told you right from wrong. Do right. And if you ever need to come back, my arms and the door is open. You can always come back. And that was the piece of advice that changed my approach to this and I thought actually she's a good girl and she knows what's right and what's wrong and I know that she wants to try stuff out and go to parties and I I just need to let her do her thing and if she needs my support I'm here and what I would do is what helped me there was let's say I was working here at my desk and suddenly I got like this sudden emotion of sadness overcome me and what I would do is just take a couple of deep breaths and just label the emotion say oh I miss her so much she's such a great girl I wish she were here well I'll see her maybe in two weeks and then just stay with the emotion not try to avoid it just label it and accept it. And this is how I feel now. I'm sure it will be okay sometime soon. And indeed, a couple of, yeah, I would say it was like a process of two or three months. And I started thinking less and less of about what she was doing during the day and if everything was okay. Yeah, and now I don't, I was going to say, now I don't think about her at all. That's not true. <laughs> but, but you think about her in a different way and not that concerned, worried way, but just whatever she's doing, I hope she's having fun and I hope she's well. And you're excited to connect with her and hear all the stories the next time you see her. Exactly. Awesome. That was <laughs> awesome. Oh my goodness, Maribel, so many lessons in that. So if you could, and I know you said, you know, things happen to us for the lessons right? And that you had to learn a few things. What were the big lessons for you in letting your daughter go? That you have no control. The control that you have is just imaginary. You have control over nothing. And the sooner you let things go, actually, then the more control you have about what will happen. It's like, imagine you want to sell me something. And if you have this energy around you, you want to convince me about something. It doesn't have to be selling, but you have this opinion and that energy around you. It's like, I have to control that. It has to be this way. It cannot be any other way. This is the outcome that I want. Yeah. It's that that's, you're just forcing things and that doesn't work. I don't think that works. <laughs> and it's a lot more painful in the process. So one of the things in regards specifically to children is that you can't control what their life is. You do your best of sharing with them what you know about life, mm -hmm. but that is not your life to live. It's theirs. You have to let it go. 
and it's okay. It's okay. That's beautiful. Obviously, you know, your daughter is away and you now have a long distance relationship with her again. How old is your son now? 13. 13. What do you anticipate it's going to be like in five years from now when he's ready to leave the nest? How is that going to be for you? What lessons from the first two times are you now bringing to this third one when he, when your baby finally leaves the nest? I'm sure that I will go through the same process. Like the second time, that was a lot quicker and it was better. I know what to do now. What works best for me is to accept the emotion, meditate if I have the time, label it, accept it, and just write the wave of the emotion. Okay. And with time, every day, it hurts a little bit less. And that is okay. When you let emotions be and you accept that you have them, what happens is that you accept an important part of who you are and it allows you to be your authentic self. And in being in your authentic self, you're living in alignment, you're calm, you're curious. And my goodness, after you live with someone for 20 years, it's okay that it hurts. Mm-hmm. But poor if, it didn't, if it didn't, that was that's another, another warning sign and red flag. If after 20 years, you didn't feel any of that, that's <laughs> like, ooh, what's wrong here? Oh my goodness. Maribel, thank you so much for sharing this story and some of the lessons that you learned and letting go a child, I guess, before you were ready to. And if you had just a few words to share with a parent right now who could be facing a similar situation, or maybe they're going through separation and they're now figuring out the custody thing and whatnot, or maybe they do have a kid who has decided, yeah, they want to go live with the other parents. What do you want to share with them right now? That it's okay. If the other parent wants that and supports the child and you know that they are going to do their best and be a parent, it's okay. It's an enriching experience for the child if they cannot have both of the parents. We have this, I think the feeling is fear and Mm -hmm. fear is very uncomfortable. But if you try to hang on to people, you asphyxiate them. When you leave them, that's when you show love, then they will always come back. You can't force people to stay with you. Yeah, so true. Children, adults, partners, parents, siblings, friends, applies to everyone. Oh my goodness. I loved the conversation so much. Thank you. So where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want to connect with you, if they have questions about letting go of a child that they want to dig into a little bit more, where can, where do you like to hang out? Well, you can find about my work at marielortega.com. If you want to go to one of my free masterclasses that I give once a month, then you can go to managers2leaders.com and register for free there. And if you want to have a conversation with me, the place I hang out is LinkedIn. You can connect with me there. Obviously, on my website, you have my email address and my phone number even. But the best way would be an email or on LinkedIn, a message and say, hey, Maribel, I have a question or I would like to talk with you. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending your evening with us. I appreciate it. So grateful. And I hope you guys really took away some of the lessons that 
Maribel shared in this story of letting her daughter go. If this episode resonated with you, give it a like, a share, a comment, rate it. And if you know somebody who is going through a similar situation, please share this episode with them and it just might help them figure out their own now what. So that is it from me. Find me at jess.loves.life on Instagram. Come hang out, say hi. Always love to have a chat with the listeners and we will see you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do how to move forward and help you answer, now what? See you on the next episode.